Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that wherever you are on this huge and amazing planet, there is something beautiful happening to you right now. And let us not forget that life is beautiful. You know, there are so many things out there now that try to take us on a different path and try to make us believe, I suppose, always in life, that life is difficult and is all about suffering. But in fact, we didn't come to this world to suffer. We came to rejoice at being born, at being created, And we have this absolutely amazing opportunity to fulfill this soul contract that we have all been given. And we don't leave this planet until we have fulfilled it. So at times when we can fear so many things, so many people, so many events, let us not fear. Let us have that courage to keep the promise to ourself and to our heart and our soul and to all the people that we made this contract with, this beautiful loving contract to help each other along the way and along this magical journey of life. Now, I am very excited, I have to say to you, and truly delighted to welcome my guest today, who is the amazing Karen Robinson. Karen is an osteopath and a teacher who has taught at the European School of Osteopathy and many other places, but she's going to tell you about that a little bit later on. She was a council member of the British Osteopathic Association, And that led her to being the president from 2006 to 2008. Karen established her own clinic, which was over 20 years ago now. And she now works with a team of talented osteopaths and sports therapists. She has studied many interesting things. And among them is medical acupuncture, paediatric and cranial osteopathy, something which I absolutely love, I have to say. Now, you know how life is. After some personal challenges, which included a heart incident back in 2007, it led Karen to start looking at other ways in which she could view the body 
and help people in another way. This, in fact, has influenced her choices in life and also her training. She has experienced many different therapies, including transformational breathing, past life regression, acupuncture, medical herbalism, and all sorts of different styles of meditation, yoga, and somatics. Karen has also studied shiatsu, pain management, trained in family systemic constellations, and embarked on a course on mind-body therapy. Now, this is all very, very fascinating. One of her specialities is looking at how trauma is held in the body, how it is expressed, and what we can do to support and heal ourselves and other people. Today, she shares her incredible knowledge and her life journey. Welcome, dear Karen. Thank you, Mimi, for that introduction. Wow. That's, that, <laughs> that's quite something, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's always, it's always not slightly uncomfortable, but yeah, slightly uncomfortable hearing hearing yourself read back to you. It's very strange, I have to say. It, it, it's a little bit like accepting the Oscars, I suppose, um, in a way, but it's a fascinating life. Thank you so much, firstly, for joining me today. It's an absolute honour to have you here. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Now, how are you? How are things in your world before we go on for you to share your extraordinary life journey? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Is that the $64 million question? That's the $64 million question yeah. where it's like, we could end up on a total different track as to as to um, as to uh, oh you've caught me straight away near me this is really interesting <laughs> um, as to uh, whether I go on a total different track from what I've just said and actually say where I really am today or whether we look at and keep on track I am um, go on the track you know what they say go on the road less travelled it's far more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I as I sit here and the reason I ask that is it's kind of it's I I, I have therapy I have I work with an amazing counsellor and she she asked the question so how are you today and I've just got I've just gone back into a flash uh, <laughs> flashback as to like oh that's that's not like yeah I'm fine I'm doing really well thank you very much when actually none of that is kind of true so I'm just having a uh, a moment a moment so um moment you know you know you know when you ask people and some people say how are you I saw the neighbor this morning hello how are you yes fine 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 um no I really wanted to I wanted to ask him actually how are you really because he didn't say fine in the same way that he says it every other day so I, I think we all have this little sort of circus act going on um when people ask us this and depending on who it is and in what sort of mood we're in at that moment I suppose it's the type of answer changes doesn't it and I think that's a really interesting question uh, and and how do we answer that question and you've nailed it is depending on the circumstance will depend how we how we answer that and I think if we then sit and reflect it's kind of like so take a couple of steps back maybe so why do we choose to share certain things with certain people and and, and not things with other people it's um it's really it, that's really 
I thought that's an interesting question. And I think most yes. of that's going to come down to safety. Do I feel safe mm. expressing mm. how I really am to this person or in this situation or where it is? Is Do I feel safe to do it at the end of the day? So Yes, it, it's true. And, you know, I read something really interesting this morning, Karen. It was actually um, one of the wise sages um, of, of old. And it went something like, it doesn't matter. Even if the world is burning, it won't affect you if you are at peace with your heart. And mm. that struck a chord with mm. me because I thought, actually, that's the whole point. When people sort of trigger you or situations trigger you, I think it's always because there's something that we're not at peace with within ourselves. Yes, and I, 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 I agree with that. And I also think sometimes you have to actually recognize that you are being triggered mm. and what what actually how am I triggered how do I know that I'm triggered is perhaps a more interesting question so how do I know I've triggered what uh, does my behavior change do I do I express myself differently or the interesting thing is how do I feel it in my body that that yes. which is which is um something that I've come to uh, only in kind of recent years is how does it feel inside me which it's got a proper term it's called interoception which I've not heard of and there's no, also I interoception heard of yeah so mm. it lives in the it's more in the count in the the, the counseling realm I think is where they they use it that's where I've come across it in in the mind body therapy course that I was um doing a lot of the the, the counselling talks will kind of exteroception and enteroception. So external is the outside. So I think uh, it might be something to do well. You feel the sun on your face and it's warm or you feel the rain and it's cold or you can feel externally. I don't mm. necessarily think many of us then know how we feel inside. And then that's quite interesting when we, as an osteopath or, or the work that we do is that when we have pain, invariably you end up coming going to see an osteopath is because you're in pain. So that's kind of an internal pain is internal. It's an internal perception, isn't it? So you are yeah. perceiving your internal world, but the one that we are really, the one that gets us our attention is pain. So it's so, so when we get triggered to things and it responds, the question is, oh, how do I, what do I notice in mm. my body? How mm. do I recognize that in myself? You might recognise it, well, I've got this behaviour and I've got that and this and this, or I say this, or I want to do that. Um, it might be, well, actually, I eat food, which is a real common one, isn't it? A lot of, a lot of food is, is a comfort or a habit mm. because we're reacting. We, don't, we can't get in touch with the emotions or the stuff underneath it. So what we do is the action is to self-soothe ourselves very cleverly with food or alcohol or smoke or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. And in a way, it's the form of suppression of what is really going on inside us. I have this um, therapy that I do. And um, actually, I do it with a friend of mine a lot. And it's talking to your body. You know, you place your hand on the body mm. and you ask the body questions. And me and him always do this. And I had a pain somewhere and he said, oh, Shall I talk to it? 
And I said, all right, then go on then. So it, it, it's really incredible. So I put my hand on the pain and he said, I will talk to your pain. And I suppose in a way, that's what we're all doing is talking to each other's pain in some way. And he said to my, it was my leg at the time, my knee. And um, he said, oh, hello, Mimi's knee. What's wrong with you? And I will never forget this. And it said, I don't like you. I thought, oh my goodness, I can't say that. <laughs> and he said, what did it say? And I said, oh, nothing. And he said, no, what did it say? I said, it said it doesn't like you. <laughs> and I thought, how rude. And he said, oh, why is that? And it said, you asked too many questions. Wow. And I thought, well, actually, he does ask too many questions, but not in a bad way at all. But he's too inquisitive. And I said, okay, well, there's no need to be upset. And it said, no, I want to be in silence. Okay. I said, so if we're in silence, um, what shall we do together? And it said, well, I need your attention. And I don't want anyone else getting involved. I thought, well, fair enough. Okay. And at that point, I thought, Karen, well, actually, if we really started listening to our body, what a difference our life would make to ourselves and to everybody around us, wouldn't it? I think so. And, and I think there are various different ways that you can listen to your body. But I think, mm. I think a lot of people just think, what? What do you mean, <laughs> listen to my yeah. body? I think there, is a, there are a lot of us, a lot of people out there who are quite disconnected to themselves and their bodies and you can you can kind of ex extend that into nature and life in general but really interesting isn't how knees how knees have got a talk there's a there's a couple of books that I quite like using mm. um, in clinic and for, even for myself one's uh, a book by Louise Hay I can't think of the title off the top of my head she's done a couple it's quite She's been around for, for a good many years, but hers, her her thing is about um, we tend to have negative self-talk. talk, mm. And uh, her a lot of her stuff is to have positive affirmations, which yeah. I know I know immediately it's a bit like, oh, my God, I can feel yourself cringing inside a little bit about that because I still have that reaction. Mm. Um, and she's split down the body into what different parts of the body might might mean. As mm. to, so why do why do we get why why do various bits of our body hurt or we can go on to the how later but why do they hurt why is this particular bit why have I got that and not that why have I got a mm. knee pain and not a shoulder pain what might it be trying to get our attention for so Louise Hay uh I kind of found her many probably in 2000s around that time I found came across her and that was sort of to do positive affirm affirmation work mm. And mm. then um, the next one was sort of more recently is a lady called Deb Shapiro is called, um, she's written a book, I think called your body speaks your emotions, which is really quite nice. And it's like a mind body dialogue. And it just gives you again, uh, uh, an incentive, uh, uh, perhaps another way of looking at what could be going on in your life. Mm, mm, mm. That maybe That's interesting. I'm at. going to have a look at that. Mm. 
Deb Shapiro, your body speaks your mind, is that it? Your body speaks your emotions. Uh-huh, okay. I'm going to have a look at that. Because it definitely does. Yes, and then, so, and I think it ties up quite, the the, um, the Deb Shapiro one, it ties up really nicely with, I've, I've just studied the Shiatsu, which is the Chinese philosophy of health. And again, they... It kind of pulls in a bit of Louise Hay stuff, the Chinese philosophy, other things, and just puts it in a really, for me, readable and understandable format as to what other things could be going on. So, for example, um, well, the first thing is we're negatively programmed anyhow. So we're mm-hmm. everything, we have a negative bias. The brain is negatively biased. So it's much easier to be negative about something than positive. So we have to constantly work to be positive which is why I think the positive affirmation stuff helps is, is that we do. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. La, la, la. A lot of the self-help coaching is all about this negative mm. um, view that we have on ourselves and we continually taught about or looked at. It's, it's kind of cultural, societal, all that. Um, so actually we have to be proactive and active in maintaining the positiveness which on days when you're feeling down, you really can't be positive. But that's mm. an interesting, I think sometimes when you realise that you're negatively, you're programmed that way, in a way, for me, it helps me understand how I am and then how, therefore, patients and people people are. Um, and then you can just sort of kind of move and it might give some stuff. So I think, so for example, low back pain, most of us have got low back pain. Mm. And... Uh, I'm paraphrasing by Max. I haven't got it in front of me, the book. But along the lines of um, my back's gone. And it's kind of like, well, I can flippantly say, so, well, well, where's your back gone? Because mm. it quite clearly hasn't gone anywhere. It's still here. Your, your back hasn't gone anywhere. Mm. So the question then is, so what has gone? And then it's then you look into, it, it might be however you might be, but 30, 40s and 50s usually. So... The premise is, is that what then goes is your ability to potentially earn money or support yourself, support your family. Mm. And then when you tie on things like um, uh, um, low back area from Chinese stuff is diagnostic areas is the water element and the water is fear. And there's lots of thoughts that the low back areas to do with finances and fear. So if your low back goes or you're unable to work what's pain, then actually the fear is that you're unable to support yourself or how am I going to support myself? How am I going to support my family? And then mm-hmm. maybe it's kind of, it's, maybe you're doing too much. Maybe you're overdoing it. Maybe you need to change. So it has these interesting, I think they're the, the bigger question as to, well, how, how have I got here? So you might have a, you might have a facet lock or a muscle spasm or whatever, but expanding that out, what is going on around me? Why have I got a low back? Why have I got a low back spasm? And it may well be that you you fell out something or fell off of something. But a lot of times it's like you bend over to pick something off the floor that's not particularly heavy and you end up stuck. Yes, and you hear so many people say, my back's playing up also. Yes, yes. What does that actually mean? It's a good question, I don't understand that. What is that? It's playing up. Yeah. So what is playing up? Yes. And I think then that's the question is, so what does playing up mean by you? So what, what does that actually mean? 
I don't even know what that means. Or, or you know, when something's playing up, I always um, associate it with it's being naughty. Yes, I had exactly the same. It's not doing you? what you want. It, it's not doing what you want it to do. Yes. If something's playing like a child or an animal, I was thinking children or animals, yes. or even a car, yeah. or it's playing up. Yes. So it's 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 not doing what you want it to do yes. or expect it to do or mm. what it should be doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it's, it, it, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And the use of the words is interesting as well. And that people understand that something's not right when someone says, oh, my back's gone or my back's playing up or whatever, or the kids are playing up or the cars, as you said, is playing up. So everyone understands, but no one really understands what it means. No. And what's the actually, what, what, what's the underneath it? It's like unpicking yes. it. It's unpicking it. And, and, and actually exactly. so a couple of layers under that. So what exactly is under mm. there? Um, and it's kind of, I'm going to bring it back. It's kind of, it's a bit like the questions like, so how are you today? How's things? It's like, well, this is yes. going up. It's, it's a general, a lovely big state. It's a lovely statement, mm. but there's, but it can mean so many different things. It's true. And I actually like it when I say to people, not that I want people to be miserable, of course, but <laughs> when I, when, when I say, how are you? And they'll say, it's shit. And I think, is it? Yeah, actually, it is really shit, isn't it? And somehow in that moment of direness, you have a connection because you're being raw and you're being real. And if you can find people that you can say that I feel really crap, you know, I think that's a, that could be the start of a wonderful friendship because you feel comfortable enough to admit that. And that's another thing. And that then goes, we can sort of explore down a different route because actually we seem everything seems to be superficial to a way, isn't it? How many, mm. how many conversations do we have or, or friendships or relationships do we have where actually you can be? The word that's coming is authentic, which is, as you say, have that ability. It's like, well, how are you today? Yeah, today's not a good day. Mm. And not have to feel, yeah, fine, paste a smile on my face and, and keep going when inside something's broken or it's not working to actually say yeah today's not really a good day and then for someone to say oh okay how here it's not a good day do you want to talk about it do you, do you yeah want me to sit yeah. with you as opposed to fix it we kind of we like fixing things and that I reflect on that with osteopathy now is is people or any treatment we go to somebody to be fixed which is yes. quite an interesting thought and sometimes it's kind of like oh Okay, well, we can we can look at fixing you, but what do do we actually fix you or not? What what do we do? Do we um, unwind, unpick, explore? Do we go on a journey as to well, how have you got here? And 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 some people want to understand that, and some people just want to be fixed or cured. It's true. I have a friend of mine, and he goes to a chiropractor, and um, he gets fixed as you say, in inverted, you know, commas, he's mm. fixed, mm. but he's only fixed for two or three days because he has to keep going. Mm. And throughout, you know, the sort of intermittent times when he's okay, he's okay, but usually his back is not okay. So I said to him the other day, well, actually, what is this chiropractor fixing? 
It's brilliant, he said. Min, for two days, three days, it's brilliant. I said, and then he said, it's rubbish. I said, so you're not really getting fixed, are you? And it's interesting because he's suffering a lot with it, Mm. but he's not getting fixed in any way, shape or form. It's sort of a way like you have a ruin of a house and you're just putting on paint and trying to make it look okay and until the paint chips, it's okay. And I wonder, Karen, how many of us are actually doing that in our life? As a good question. I, and, I, and, and the thing that I would then add on is, and actually that might be absolutely fine because it's, it, it, it may be serving a purpose, a really good purpose. That's the other thing that I'm, I'm learning is mm. with my counselling and stuff is, is if it's a coping strategy, then it, mm. it, was, it mm. was put in place for a very good reason. Mm. Uh, so do you really want to take a coping strategy away? Question one. Um, but yeah. then the question is, is that person aware that this is a coping strategy um, or, or, or not? What is, what is what it's there for a reason because he because we we have it i do think that's um people might not want to hear that oh it's not for a reason but we have it we are we have it and we're experiencing it so it's here it's mm. not thinking mm. about it we are mm. in it so it mm. is here and therefore it is serving a purpose depending on and that will then depend i guess on your beliefs and ideas and 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 stuff about it the constellation stuff uh the systemic constellation is really interesting because um what is that karen oh god i don't know how to explain i don't know how to explain pretend i'm five years old oh yes yeah that's not helping (laughs) (laughs) constellations it's it's uh you have to experience it to really it's an experiential process um, mm-hmm. I, think it's, I personally think it's an experiential process. Um, mm-hmm. It's to do with, um, so for example, everything is a solution for something else in the system. So you have a system, a system the word like a system, what's a system? It's like, oh God, how do you explain a system? It's not a great word. Constellations would mean like stars. So everything's linked. So mm-hmm. uh, I suppose and I'm just rambling, it's, it's, I find it very difficult to explain succinctly. It's got a, a few processes. So uh, a constellation, so when we are, something is always as a result of something. It's a solution mm-hmm. to something, which is really interesting. So when you come to anything in life and you come from a stance, because it is a stance, that this is a solution to something, if you're treating what you come with, then you're not treating the bit behind it. And actually the bit behind it is what you want to look at. Does that make sense? So high blood pressure, I'm going to pick high blood pressure. High blood pressure is a solution Mm. for something. The reason you've got high blood pressure is it's the body's responding to something. And the way that it is responding is via increasing your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So you can treat the blood pressure. But what you really want to do is get below it and actually understand, well, what is the cause? What is causing the high blood pressure? what is in that bit because the blood pressure is a solution for something so there's that premise there's mm-hmm. also a premise that that everything has a place and time 
Um, so, for example, if, if we're here today, it means I have a mother and I have a father because I wouldn't be here without a mother and a father because, well, actually, I could be here without a mother and a father, granted, IVF and all that. But, but generally, there is, there'll be a male and a female to form mm. a child. So then you have to put them behind you because your parents become, your ancestors are behind you. And then mm-hmm. you see when you go forward in life, you're walking forward in life, you're, they, they should be behind you. And we all know that we get caught up with hidden loyalties. I like the word hidden loyalties. A lot of stuff's hidden, so we don't know. Um, hidden loyalties and we, oh, there's a black sheep in their family or so-and-so all it does this way or this is how we are. This is what women in our family do. This is how we behave. And you can see it's that, that, that gener- generational thing is that you repeat the behaviours that you, you know and you repeat them. And a lot of it is learned behaviour, but they're also finding now it's this, this is to belong in a family. You have to, um, toe the line is not the word, but there are certain ways that you behave when you're in a family. And then to step outside of that, mm-hmm. do something different is really difficult because then there is the, the hidden loyalties to the family. Uh, so we do it this way, do it that way. So that's why it's it's kind of it's quite difficult to um, to explain. There's a um, there's a from a health point of view. There's a book written by I think it's Stefan Hausner, German guy, mm-hmm. and uh, his book is called Even If It Costs Me My Life. And that looks at what illnesses are. So then you're starting to get into a really interesting place. It's like, what do you mean my illnesses are due to something else? So the one that sticks in my brain. Um, Mm -hmm. and I might have got it wrong, so uh, apologies here, was um, this, I think it was a gentleman, this person, and it was, uh, read it in the book, so this gentleman goes around and he does big conferences and courses, and this gentleman came up and he said, what's your problem? And I think he was uh, quite quite frail, quite ill-looking, not not good muscle tone, but generally looking quite ill, and they kind of looked and was like, God, you look look like, you, you, you don't look well at all. And then when you looked in his history, so bearing in mind this is Germany, it was kind of um, his, someone in his family, one of his ancestors was um, in the concentration camp. So they were a Nazi soldier or whatever in the concentration camps. Yeah. Obviously doing, not not obviously, but do, I think doing a job that he shouldn't have done or, or didn't want to do, but you had to do, didn't you? Because otherwise that's what you did. Hmm. So what what was then being remembered so constellations remember. So what this person was doing was, rem- and no one talked about it because who's going to talk about that in a family? That's shame, isn't it? That's shame and black sheep of the family mm. and we don't talk about it. So in not talking about that section or history of life and it happened, you can't, you can't wipe it away. It happened by not acknowledging it, by not giving its full place and its full place in all its beautiful horrificness by not acknowledging it, what you're then, what he was then representing, so he represented, he represented the people, so he represented the um, uh, the people that they put in the gas chambers, what they called, um, the, the, the Holocaust victims. So yeah. he was representing or remembering the victims because obviously for his his in the family is that that's who's not being remembered so in not remembering 
or not honouring and giving the correct place for the horrificness of being a Nazi person in the concentration camps. By not honouring that, you then also, you don't remember or you wipe out all the people that it affected. And that That's came through. And it's amazing. And that then came through. Mm. That, so he was remembering it. So therefore, he wasn't eating, he was unwell and all that, because he that's what the Holocaust victims would have had. They would have been starving, wouldn't they, and all that. He was remembering it. So that's a really fascinating, I find that just kind of quite mind-boggling. When, yeah. you, start, when you start thinking, oh, my God, so this person is coming in with all these pains. Yes, it could be just a, they sprained their knee playing on the football field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. last week as in just an acute injury it might be a knee pain because actually um the hips are tightening up and they're not able to move or walk so the hips aren't moving well so the tension goes into the knees really common so this is all biomechanical kind of stuff mm-hmm. but then you start putting the layering in so you can layer in so hips are how we move in life aren't we it's how we walk it's how we walk through life mm-hmm. so if our hips are stiffening up why are they stiffening up don't we want to walk in that direction Maybe life is getting tough. How do we move? Can we move with freedom and joyousness or not? And then you stick this whole other layer on it. It's like, oh, my lordy. It's just fascinating. I just find it, it is. It is absolutely, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. it truly is. And we forget that for those of us who are interested, I suppose, in this, because as you said earlier on, not everybody wants to know, you know, the depths of this ocean that we are some people just want to lead the facade life but even that I think there's a choice in leading a life like that there is a choice isn't there or is it something because I spoke to somebody else about this you know about generational going back in generations and do you think that really you know when people say in other cultures I curse you for seven generations or um, do you believe in things like that? Do you believe that certain things because of what someone else has done will carry on until that person resolves it? Hmm. Um, That's a very good question. Hmm. One I've not considered, which is why I'm considering. I'm considering. So the constellation stuff, the experience mm. that I've done with constellations would 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 say yes. Um, and I've I've done far too many workshops and 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 stepped in and represented things in people's lives where you you see it played out. So that's you see the whole thing play out. And yeah. I've certainly, I've certainly done it on. I've certainly done it in in my own personal work um and and it, it is quite extraordinary so yes i there is an element of the the children heal the parents because we're the ones who, or whoever does the work heals it but if you do the work you heal you get a chance to heal the ancestors behind you but you also if you have children you get to change what is passed on to them and you see that within the constellations and it's extraordinary you can do a piece of work Mm. And within 10 or 15 minutes, if, if a person's done it who's got children, within 10 or 15 minutes, the children phone up and they can feel the change has happened. It's it's a bit like, what? And, but when you experience it, it is it is um, quite astonishing. So I, I do mm. think there is 
certainly the, the constellation stuff means that it's possible. Um, whether whether it ties down in the beliefs or in other religious kind of things, then I don't I don't have the experience of that or in that, as in whether it's a curse. But um, but I think sort of science and and understanding as we understand more and more and more a lot of the a lot of the the curses or um, sayings are starting that there's actually truth in them. We're starting to understand that actually yeah. yes, it's not just a a thing. It's actually uh, there is a truth in that things like I think you carry three generations, isn't it? You you it's three generations of 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 mums for example is is it's three generations back but that's because in the grandmother if you're the grandmother you are carrying your granddaughter genetically uh, the cells are already yes. there so i've heard of that yeah, yeah. So genetically yeah. whatever that person is predisposed to you are predisposed to so that then makes sense it, it then makes sense if that that actually i have my mum but also i have what what my grandmother was and if we go back to where mm. they were that's war. yeah yes they're, they're looking at wars and famines and mm. destruction and uh okay in the uk we don't we don't necessarily have it we're not in it at the moment but uh certainly my mum and dad my dad fought in the korean war he was shot and wounded he had it he was shot in the head and wounded because he fought in the korean war and my mum's Austrian and she lived under Russian occupation as a child. Mm, and mm. she will tell stories of, of her family and the older sisters, so her, the ones who are like 10 years old and they're going in and digging trenches and they're losing their hair with shrapnel going over their heads. I mean, we can't, we can't begin to imagine what that is now. However, our nervous systems and our genetics know it. Yes. Because we have experienced it. And then we've experienced whether it's, you can look at the superficial, not superficial because that's not superficial, but you have the behaviour, don't you? So people behave in a certain way mm. and then we copy that behaviour because it's what we're taught. So that's your nurture. But I guess you also then have the nature and uh, underneath it, which comes through as well. So you've got, you've got both. Do you think that, for example, you know, you hear all sorts of, people as you meet their life story um and it intertwines with your own and you hear where people are drawn to certain things that they've never been to that place before but they are drawn to a country to a place and it feels like home to them do you think that is a case of living in another world at a different time or do you think karen because I hear a lot of this now. People are remembering things of places that they feel that they've been to, but they haven't physically been. Or is it something in the ancestors again that is becoming apparent? Hmm. Another good question. Um You know, people will say, I'm so attracted to the pyramids. I feel I belong there. Or I feel I belong to the mountains. And that's where my calling is. It's this yearning within me. And they have like a little um, T 
TV screens of where they remember something and it's gone. So is this ancestral or is this something different? I think that would depend who you talk to, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think? What do I think? Mm. Hmm. I don't know what I think. I I I, I definitely know through mm. experience that when you go to places, certain places talk to you more than others, which sounds a bit weird, but um, or you feel an affinity to. Mm. So the question then, I suppose, is what what does one feel an affinity to or with? So for example, I, I, I like my traveling and I've been lucky enough to travel and um I went to um Bhutan in <gasps> have you been to Bhutan? Yes. I was oh, lucky to do Bhutan. Me, tell me about this. In oh, 2016. I, oh. I, I was at there for a couple of weeks. It was gorgeous. And you flew and we flew into Kathmandu. Mm. which I quite liked to Nepal. And then we flew over the Himalayas, which is just like, oh, my lordy. Absolutely uh, just wow, all inspiring and they're stunning. And then um, a couple of years later, I was lucky to do Peru. So I then went and did Peru. And, and then you're obviously in the Andes and we did some some walking up there. And I have to say the, the Andes did absolutely nothing for me. They, I don't know what it was, but you go out there and you can feel it, but just no. But the Himalayas, even now, it's like oh. So I don't yes. know what it what it is. I I like mount. I do like mountains, so I'm drawn to I'm drawn to mountains. Mm. Now, whether that's because I'm a Capricorn star sign, so I'm a goat and I like climbing and seeing things at height. Whether mm-hmm. it's because I'm Austrian and a lot of my stuff is uh, a lot of my uh, and my mum's. Mum was Hungarian, so I'm effectively Eastern European. So that's some mountains are going to be kind of in my gen- genetic generations. If you go back mm. so many years, I imagine it's going to be in there. I mean, who who knows? So I'm definitely I like being up a mountain. Uh, yes. Whether it's the fact that it's clean air, whether the fact that there's mountains are grounded and they have a stillness and peace about them which you don't have so you go somewhere like a river or a sea there in perpetual motion mm. whereas a mountain doesn't um and different places have qualities don't they um i remember yeah. going to the states many years ago and um flying into vegas but driving out through death valley and it's it's still stuck with me today i got out the car because you have to and you just stand there and it's warm and and you can and and if you've not been out there it's it's proper big space you stand there and you can see not quite the horizon but the spaces out there are so huge compared to the uk Mm. and it was hot and you could fit but you could feel history you can imagine like them coming through on horse and cart and indians Mm. it it, Mm. it was the Mm. same and then we went into yosemite park and the same thing there is a an energy or a quietness or a stillness or a, a something i don't know what you would what you would call it but um in i don't way, certain things, certain yeah. we, we resonate our, our souls or our bodies resonate in certain places it's very true i have a friend and she said to me you have to go to central asia and this was a few years back and i said why it has, it 
doesn't really pull me. She said, no, you have to go there and you will see. So off we went. Um, It was like a month of traveling through Central Asia. And I understood it was this vastness, like you speak about, where the soul can let itself go. You know, there's a space. The soul is allowed to fly somehow there. I don't know whether it's the vastness that it the soul feels comfortable with or vice versa. I'm not sure. But, you know, and the people there also give you that space. They give you the space to be yourself. Which, coming back to the Western world, it's a little bit, I suppose, less possible. I don't know. What do you think, Erin? I, th- I think if you, if, well, you can do it in the UK. It's not as easy because we are a small country mm. and, and there's a lot of people. Um, but you can find, and particularly if you're in cities or towns or places, there is, it's noisy and there's people and there's stuff going on. So there are, um, I'm going to say distractions because that's what popped in my head. But also there's um, external uh, stimulation. Mm, mm. So you can keep yourself distracted quite nicely by the busyness of the world around you. And for some, that's, that's really nice. That's, that's what they need. But I also think that when you go out into nature, Japan have got, Japan called a na- have got a name for it, haven't they? Um, forest bathing. It's got a, yeah. they, they've given, I can't think what it is. And actually you go, into the, you go into the forest and you just sit there and there is something about the energy of a forest. Um, trees, whether it's a clean air or, or whether it's just that it's quiet. Mm. Yeah. And you haven't got roads, you haven't got people, you haven't got the hustle and bustle. You don't have to project an image or be someone perhaps you're not. Or if you're having a rubbish day, you can just sit there and have a rubbish day and mm. uh, and not feel that you have to put a smile upon your face because that's what is expected of you. Maybe it gives you the time to reconnect with who you are uh, inside as opposed to what you have to do to get through life. But people are afraid, I think, on the whole, of finding out who they are. And in a way, there is this sense of panic that I feel from people that they're being forced to reconnect to themselves or to forever, in a way, lose themselves. It's like a huge shift of energy where, with my experience of people at the moment, is that they're either running to themselves desperately or they're desperately running away from themselves. And where is the balance? Where can you find that balance in these times? Good question. I would say if you are able 
to work out which of those two you're doing. That's important, yes. So know which direction you're going in. If possible, you might not know. You might not know what direction you are, but if you can work out what direction you're going in, then then, then that's it. And then for it not to be... Um, I've kind of, I quite like, I'm kind of working a person inside, like it being a right thing or a wrong thing. Mm. Oh, this is the right way and that's the wrong way or la la, that, that. So I'm, it, I would then say, okay, so the first thing would just be, if you can just acknowledge what, what, what direction you are going and then be kind and just sit with that and just acknowledge that you are going in that direction. Number one, for whatever reason, that's the direction you're going in. And then if you can find the space and that would then be in whatever way you can do that, whether that is um going and it would be reconnecting with nature most of the um mind body things would be kind of reconnect yourself to the here and now because what you can do is you can get lost in your thoughts so the so the mind is really clever and it will take you away and you 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 end up in your circulating thoughts your imaginations and all that and and your daydreaming which is great but um that's not really life that's that's not where you are in this in this moment so how do you reground into this moment whatever this is to to hear yeah. here and now this moment and that is um you first off you uh reconnect with your external environment because that sometimes if we get stuck inside then we need to remember where we are and that can also be you can get caught with the constellations or also do that if suddenly you get lost in a time frame well where am i and trauma is the same thing. If we're traumatized or triggered, then we go back. So like a bit like PTSD, you keep reliving those events again and again. So I think all of us are traumatized. All of us have traumatic incidents. And if we are triggered again, we go back into that time because we haven't actually given it its place and its time. So that's why it keeps coming back up in the present. So the main thing is to kind of repeat who you are and where you are and what the day is and reorientate it's called reorient that's it it's called reorientation reorientate yourself as to where you are not where you think you are so you i today i my name is i am karen robinson i'm sitting in my study it is the uh, thursday the 12th of august maybe i should have said that it's it's a it's a date i can see i can see out my window i can see a green leafy uh, plant i can hear um, building works going on in the background I can feel uh, my feet on the floor um, I can't smell anything necessarily um, so you're looking at recalibrating your senses so what you can hear smell taste if I had a drink that kind of stuff so you bring yourself and you repeat that this is where I am this is my time mm. Mm. and I think once you you come into that where we are now you can then explore, look at, and it may be that you need support and therapy or someone to sit by your side to then look at, well, what is my road and, and why am I doing that? Am I actively choosing this path of uh, self-discovery, one might say, if we're running towards ourselves, self-discovery? So I personally am doing a lot of work on reconnecting me with me. Um, but I'm doing that actively and I'm choosing it actively. So are we doing it actively and do we understand it? And the same thing if we're running away from stuff, do we know we're doing it? And in, in some cases, running away might be a really sensible thing to do. But if we don't, but if we're not aware of we're doing it, then that is you're, you're, you're reacting. You, you're not aware. 
Yeah, absolutely. In a way, it by doing what you have said, Karen, it connects you back to this moment, but also gives you the power of the moment mm-hmm. where you're not sort of running aimlessly in either direction. I think we need to know that we have that power within us to make a choice and not to feel that that choice has been taken out of our hands. I was speaking to somebody a few weeks ago and she said to me, but I have no choice. I said, but you do have a choice. She said, well, I feel that I don't. But what if I tell you that you do have a choice? But she said, I didn't realize that I have a choice. How, how is that possible? And we can get so caught up that we don't actually realize how powerful we are. And it may well be that the choice that we want is the choice that we want is not there. And, and, and some people say, well, I don't, you might just be in a really poop situation and it might be really awful. And the choices that you have might be equally awful. Um, it yes. doesn't necessarily mean, I think when we have choices, there's a potential that there's a good one and a bad one. And it's like, well, well, no, they can be equally good, but they could be equally bad. But I do think there is, you make a choice, you will make a choice whether you do it consciously or unconsciously. Mm, so mm. if you choose to do something, you choose to do it, that's your choice. But by choosing not to do it, you have made a choice. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which is then like, what? How, how does yes. that, it's like, that's like, okay, that's, that's like head, head put it into spin. But and, and it I may totally well understand what you're saying, though. I totally get yeah, it. it. It may well be that you have a choice of a piece of bread or a piece of bread. Mm. It's not a great choice, but you could choose mm. to eat it or not. Absolutely. And they say, well, that's not a choice, but it's, it's actually, it's the little steps. Mm. It, but if you're not eating it, you have made it. We do every day, every moment we make a choice. Yes. And we might not like to hear that. I think sometimes that comes like, it's like, what, what, what you mean to say? I've, I've got here because of, 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 of I've, I haven't chosen to be here. La, la, la. You, you, well, you might not have chosen to be here, but the choices that you've made, mm have led to here that and that kind of is that that's that how isn't it it's it's yeah how have I got here the uncomfortable reason you're here is the choices that that have that you have made and and some life happens to us Mm. life happens to us that we were not chosen granted but Mm. how we then manage that and deal with that there is our choice and therein I think lies the power of the moment because every single moment we have that choice of how to approach a situation or a person it is our choice Mm. we either deal with them in one way or we deal with them in another way and that is our free will yes I'm interested very interested Karen and I haven't asked you this yet is how do you become so knowledgeable how did this journey of yours because it is really a fascinating absolutely remarkable journey where did it all begin how did it all begin was it when you were a child was it through life that brought you to this place where you are now did you know that this is something that you wanted to embark upon visiting all these different countries and being an expert in so many different things how did that begin 
once upon a time no um (laughs) 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 oh i when does it begin i don't i don't know i love learning i'm Mm. I'm kind of one of those i've always liked learning so i'm one of those i was that annoying kid at school who just study came easy and and i'm i've got a curiosity and i like i like knowing how things work so if it's like tell me more how does that work oh why does that work so I, i have a curiosity um I'm also blessed with a fairly fast brain that processes really well, sort of a fast processing unit. So it means that I can grasp concepts and tie it together and link it together, I think, reasonably quickly to see perhaps a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's that's kind of what I came in with. It's what I was born with. Um, I suppose, how did I end up in healthcare? Yeah, how did you become uh, an osteopath? So did my O-levels, did my A-levels and looked at doing university. And I I looked to do, back in the day, because there's questions, I think I wanted to become a police dog handler, uh, a lawyer uh, and read the bar or an accountant because I like figures. So can't be further than where I am today. (laughs) And uh, I got got accepted into the police at 18 and a half, went through their three-day training. And and I decided at 18 not to go to uni because I thought, you know what? don't want to go in the police yet I just wanted to know whether I could and then I looked at lawyer and I thought if I want to become a lawyer I'm reading the bar I'm going to be defending people who who may well have done bad things and I thought I'm not sure I could cope with that um I could cope with that myself so I ended up just working uh, a blast from the past here who anyone who travels up the M1 Newport Pagnell service area or trust house forte um (laughs) work now welcome break nice plug there for them um (laughs) Well, there was a 16-year-old, and at 18, I just stayed on. I went to work in the commercial department and went back on site. So I was in, into business, I suppose, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I quite like business. And then you start looking at, well, if I have a – what do I want to do? What do I like doing? So I like learning. I like teaching. Um, how can I do that with then potentially like having a family? What would be a good career? What would mean that if I wanted to have children have time out would mean that I'd still earn a, a – a reasonable wage so at that time it was really I've got a logical thought out very logical very thought out very structured um and a couple of my colleagues at work they had bad backs and they came back and talked about an osteopath and it's like oh what's one of those mm. so I kind of looked at the courses and they were a four-year full-time and I mean full-time I mean I, I was in school seven hours a day five days a week mm-hmm. so we had full contact um and I applied, and those were the days. I'm starting to show my age now. Those were the days where you had you were paid to do your degrees. Um, oh, and, okay. and was a diploma. It wasn't even a degree when I did it. it was it was a, a, a professional qualification? So I got accepted into the European school, and uh, and I got I got my my course fees paid, and I went along. I did four years, and I have to say I thoroughly loved it, thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's an amazing. I love my job. I love my career. It's an amazing opportunity. So anybody who's thinking about doing it is osteopathy. So it then meant that I get to see everybody every half an hour. I get to meet somebody new, challenge, problem solve, that that kind of problem solving, what's going on. So my first sort of part, I suppose, 10 years was very structural, very mechanical, very structural, very, I'm going to call it medical, um, along those lines so the ergonomics in the assessments and how things work and the medical model and then I kind of 
I had a couple of health or incidences. One was burnout. I got burnt. I got I had um, adrenal fatigue actually, which is really interesting. And then my main was my heart. Uh, I was I was uh, I had a heart incident, which was um, paroxysmal ventricular tachycardia, as I was diagnosed with. And afterwards, so the ventricle part of the heart is the I suppose it's the bottom heart of the pump. It, it it just went into a spasm. So instead of that nice contraction, like you get your lub dub of heart mm-hmm. thing, it just sat there and did a quivering act for a few hours. Um, so I woke up in my own. Woke up. I was on my own at the time. Woke up at home, thinking, mm, "Don't feel too great." Took my pulse on the wrist. Couldn't find a pulse on the wrist. Took one on the on my neck. I was like, mm, "Not sure this is quite so good." Phoned one 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 as you do. And uh, so I had a chat with them and it's like, are you having effectively a little bit of health knowledge can sometimes be scary. It's like, no, I don't think I'm having a heart attack, but I can see why you think I'm having a heart attack. Mm. So it's like, oh, oh, right. Okay. And they said, well, we'll get, we'll get a doctor to phone you. So I remember I, I, I got myself up, I got dressed, I packed a bag. The doctor phoned me, I don't know, about half an hour, 40 minutes later. And they said, right, you call an ambulance. It's like, what? You almost dial 999. It's like, yeah, you dial 99. It's like, oh, um, okay. It's like, can't can't I just walk up to the ambulance station up the road? Because there's one up like five minutes up the road. No, you mm. dial 999. It's like, okay, dial 999. They arrive. It's like three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. And so I open the door to them. It's like, so where's the patient? It's like, it's me. And then I felt awful. Then I had to sit down and then it suddenly all kind of kicked in and they couldn't. I struggled to find a pulse and, and get it sorted. So it was in the ambulance to the hospital, uh, sitting in A&E and, and um, ultimately having drugs to recreate my heartbeat. And then I had a scan of a, a week or so later and there was nothing. They couldn't find anything. And I don't smoke. I don't drink. At the time, I was doing a lot of fitness. I used to be a fitness instructor. Um, so I was, I was reasonably fit down the gym a lot. So there was no um, reason as to why I should have this heart episode and that started my journey it's like oh okay so what else could it be mm. why have I got a heart issue why what is my heart trying to tell me and then you go down that road so medical here we think it's a pump it's a muscle and it pumps blood around the body and that's how it's looked at yet mm. the moment you step away from from modern medicine and you look sideways it's different and you, you look at the emotional side and I think this is probably where Louise Hay came in Things like you have the heart of a lion, the courage of a lion, the heart, courage, joy. Um, what does a heart represent? Heartfelt, love. Mm. So you then go on to it. So if we're having, if my heart is starting to cause problems, what, what have I lost in my life? What is missing? What is it trying to get my attention? And that's where I started looking then for, you meet different people and they say, well, have you tried this or have you tried that? And you just go and explore different, different things. And that's and that's kind of I suppose where I've now over ooh, crikey the last mm, so many years I've then literally got and experienced it I've gone and found the therapists I found my my teachers um, I've read the books and then I've woven it into I suppose the underlying basis of osteopathy my underlying training has always been. Um, Sort of, sort, of, sort of the fundamental principles of it is is we are a self-healing self-regulating system person homeostasis so we will regulate and self-regulate all the time so if something's out of kilter there will be a reason for it 
So you need to look at the reason before it. And, and there are so many different ways that you can then look at how, mm. what impacts us. And, and obviously that's life. Life impacts us. So how we walk through life and how we experience life will then impact us. How then you start putting our, our relations with our parents or the, the pre-stuff. What do we bring through that then influences? What do we carry from our forefathers? What have we got caught up in, which is none of our business that we're trying to sort out and hold. That is none of our business, but it's getting in the way of us living our lives. And there are just so many different ways that you can access it. There's so many different ways that you can start exploring these various facets. And they're all, they're all just ways and means of, I think, enabling us to get in contact with our whole self. And they resonate with different people. Certain, certain people will, you, you find what you need. You, you come across, you find the practitioner and you find the therapy that you need at that time and that you're ready for. So the old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It's the yeah. same, I think, with therapists. We find who we need when we need. And then if you step back and reflect, you can then think, oh, I met that person then, really interesting. And then I did this life. I chose that path. And it's like, yeah. But uh, did I think at 18? Because obviously, what is it? Is it A-level? GCSEs, is that O-levels or a- old O-levels or A-levels? They're out this week, aren't they? And it's just like, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? I still haven't answered that question. That's <laughs> haven't grown up yet. <laughs> but um, uh, and as I as I step into my next sort of decades, it's that question is still there. Well, actually, how do I want to how do I want to spend my life? Is a really a really perhaps a more important question. And how do you want to spend your life? I don't know. I'm working that one out now. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 kind of how do I want to spend the next the next 25 years of my life what do I want to what do I want to spend it doing it's uh I've uh, I've done this in all this life what do I do I want to carry on that same path or should I look at something else and and where are my interests and what do I want to do and how does anyone really answer that question you know people reach a crossroads we all reach crossroads in our life um how do you decide what's the right path and what's not the right path and is it that every single day whatever we're doing is actually the actions that we're performing and the people that we're meeting are actually taking us down a path I suppose it's whether we want to be going down that path how do you choose a path how do you know that you're on that path that you want to walk on Answers on a postcard, please. I don't, I, I don't. I think I don't know. I mean, for you, I ask you, Karen. Me. How do you know that what you're doing now is what you want to be doing and leading you to the path that you want to travel in life? How How do you know? How did you make that decision, or have you not made that decision? No, I have made that decision. It was, it was initially made for me, um, as in I had a couple of, a couple of years ago, I had a life changing experience that, that happened to my family, really, which meant that I that I the path that I was walking on got changed totally. It's like you're walking on that path and literally within five minutes, you're now on another path that you mm. never even knew existed. So um, I am walking a very different path. Um, and I don't mind talking about it. But I don't think here here 
hearing 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 now is that place for that that's a whole different conversation which is like when you're saying like and how are you it's like well <laughs> which which story should we go down or which road should we go down um so well, which road shall we go down i mean well, we've gone we've gone down a really lovely road i i, I know mm. but so a life-changing event happened to me where it means that i'm i'm effectively i'm no longer in practice at this point in time which is a huge thing for me not to be in practice because I, I love what I do. So not Because you run a clinic, don't you? You have your own yeah, clinic. Yeah, I've got my own clinic. So mm. not to be treating patients and doing what I've done for many years now, what I love, and I never saw myself not doing it, to, to not be able to do it physically and mentally uh, and emotionally, to hold patients and explore, as we've done today, explore that in a clinical setting day in, day out. Mm. I, don't, I can't do that. I've um I'm working on myself so I, I I've got an amazing counselor that I work with and a lot of the work is this introspection it's looking at me inside and that question that's come up is like so I've I've lived this life for 50 years and we drop into it or, or, or I certainly drop into it. You, you you come out you, you go to school and you do your schooling and you're a good girl and you do what you're told and that's it and then you're expected to go and get a job in some description and earn money um I was lucky. I found a job that a career, a vocation that I absolutely adore and I love it. So I consider myself really lucky that I getting up in the morning, and go to work was not an issue. I, I don't it was it was never has been. Mm. But I question sometimes why we do what we did. Why did I choose to go and help people? Why did I choose the healing? Why am I choosing to yeah. effectively people coming to be fixed? And I, I learned now that a lot of that stuff was uh, you kind of, I heal people, fix people on the outside because I can't fix myself. And then you kind of look at the fact then that and now the more I deep I work with my therapist, the fact that I need that I need fixing or I feel that I need to fix myself in the first place is like, oh my lordy. So I'm on a really interesting internal journey with reconnecting me. And this is the kind of part of the trauma as well, the trauma work that I like is that a lot of trauma when we have an accident or a trauma, the body remembers it. The body holds the score. It's stored within the yeah. body. We know it. Um, and we freeze. Parts of us, we know that's a freeze response. We freeze and we dissociate. And over time, we gradually end up with the, the person who survives is the, is the trauma, trauma survivor. It's the bit that survived. So the traumatized bits are frozen and cut off. So how do we put all that together? Um, mm. And there's a teachings and the understanding, but I'm, actually doing that i'm doing the work so my path at the moment is i'm i've effectively um chosen now it was at the beginning it wasn't particularly comfortable because when you change it never is comfortable um mm. and doing the internal work it really isn't comfortable um it's i've now it's like no do you know what i've been given an opportunity uh to spend time on me to work on me and and do that 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 curiosity that uh, exploration as to who I am, and now I'm curious as to well I have this I have this information that I have and I have a lot of experience and I have a lot of knowledge. How do I want to come back into life? And I'm going to call it into life because I, I'm very much um, stayed at home. I keep myself to myself at the moment because when you're working on yourself, you can't be distracted with other stuff because as we said earlier. Mm -hmm. We kind of have to put our little our persona on, put our put my Karen coat on to deal with this situation. Yes. Present this face to be in here or talk 
uh, talk here in that way and it's it's exhausting um so now i choose not to um i choose i choose to um get reconnect with me so once i've worked once i've done that piece of work and i guess one day uh, maybe i'll wake up maybe i won't and just think oh it's a different day or i feel different or you you get some days you think do you know what i really fancy doing this today or i really fancy doing that today and i think it's just getting uh, rid of the limitations that we put on ourselves that there's a whole wide world out there that can be experienced actually my counselor mm. asked me a really good question a few weeks ago because uh-huh. uh, we, this kind of conversation comes up and she said what do you want to experience and I thought that's a really good question, isn't it? What do you mm. want? This is your life. Mm. And, and depending what your thoughts are, we may get reincarnated or not, blah, blah, blah. We might have many lives. But the life we have at the moment, and some people would say that we actually have multiple lives all at the same time. And this body is just a body and our mind is just a figment. I believe that. I think that's quite possible. Actually. So, so mm. you've got a, a huge different way. But if we take it that, here now this moment i have this body Mm. and i have this moment Mm -hmm. and i could and this life in this form then the question how do i what what do i want to experience and how do i want to experience it is a really interesting question and do you have the answer no I don't, I don't, because there's so many interests that you then think, well, what interest do you have? It's like, well, I love traveling. I'd, I'd like to do some more traveling, but I don't want to travel on my own. I'd like to find um, a group of people to travel. Like the conversation we've had today is so fascinating. Mm. Um, so, yeah, more conversations like this, finding, what's that word? Finding your tribe, finding my Absolutely. tribe of, of mm. people who are like-minded, where mm. you can sit and have these conversations, where you get wow enthusiasm and wow that's great I hadn't thought about that what a good question I hadn't thought about that and it gets you mm. thinking in a different way and and mm. who knows what might what might open up or become available to you because you've thought about things in a different way uh, I mean I, I think we don't know it's like, like like what path do you want to do it's like well I don't know if I'm sitting in the middle of a forest mm. I might not know what path exists it's quite nice to someone to show you different paths. Well, there's a path here. You could go here, it goes to here, a path mm. there, there. Or I might think, do you know what? I don't think it's me because I haven't quite that, got that yet. I like knowing a path exists. But it might well be, do you know what? I'm just going to walk into the forest. Yeah. Yeah. I understand you completely. And I've spoken about this before. And it's, a, in a way, I was fascinated with circuses uh, as a child and gypsies. And I thought it would be fantastic to join the circus, although I didn't quite know what to do at the circus. That that was the tricky part. Run away with the circus and then find some gypsies that I could be part of their group because they are never really, they're like dervishes, aren't they? They never really are in one place. Mm. And you don't decide the path. The path decides for you whatever presents itself on that particular day and there was this love of dancing around the fire and you know playing the music and just being that spirit that is free and in a way how you're talking 
Karen, it's like, first thing, one thing that came to me was you were like a phoenix Mm -hmm. as you were talking. And I thought, my goodness, we're in this beautiful moment of Karen sort of being reborn through this fire, you know, the chasm of fire that I think all of us at some point in our life, maybe once or twice, depending on our path, have to go through. And then it was in effect like a butterfly because everything that has to be born has to go into the darkness for a while. You know, whether that's a human being, we're in the womb, in the darkness, or whether it's planting a seed, everything is in the darkness. And in a way, you're in a seclusion. And very spiritually evolved people always used to take themselves and still take themselves into a seclusion of sorts, sometimes semi, because it's at that point where you can face everything of your life that you will get the answers. So I am so grateful to you, Karen, because you have sort of graced us with your presence in this beautiful time of where you are transforming into something quite exquisite. Thank you. Yes. And, um, that was a quite sharp yes, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, that was. <laughs> Moving, I could feel myself. I'd move, I'd do a little slide as it's like, like cat's step. I'm moving swiftly on. I go to move it all to one side because it's slightly <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the great thing of, of, of working is you watch when you get uncomfortable in yourself and what you do. And it's like, and I've noticed that that was, a, that was, I couldn't accept, I couldn't accept interesting words. Interesting what we find, we, I'm already moving away from me. See, this counseling yeah. stuff is really good stuff. I, because I will quite happily not put myself in an I. Mm. You have nailed it on the head, as in, in a way that I am, the phoenix from the ashes and the butterfly is really, really interesting because all of that, for us to be reborn, and as you say, we come, we know nine months of our lives in a womb. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we're born. And that in itself is just an amazing process. And a flipping scary one, isn't it? Because you do not know what's on the outside of that world. You don't know what you're going to come into. Um, And then you have to take a breath. You have to breathe because obviously you're alive in there. But the first thing you have to do is take that lung full of air in and hopefully you'll then blow it out with a great big wah. Um, And take in life, take in your first breath of life. And, and, and take your life which is a really that in itself is an amazing thing to do um, yeah and then you're right as, as as life throws us different challenges through our through the ages I suppose as we as we there always there are key points aren't they through age we get this chance to um I was reflecting just saying that it's like jokingly it's like a midlife crisis but Actually, that's what it would. You realise that you've been walking on this path because it's been expected of you, or, or that's what society dictates, and you can't do this and you can't do that for whatever reasons. And then mm. one day you wake up and you think, mm, actually, there is a finite time that I'm on this planet in this form. Yeah. How do I want? How do I? How do I actually want to consciously spend that time? And I think if we're too busy running around 
engaging in uh, engaging in the external world is that it keeps us busy if we yeah. if we're busy what, what, yeah. what does it, the busyness keeps us distracted and it works really well so i think sometimes we have to um if we are busy and you don't know you're busy yeah that's the amazing thing you're there? busy I mean, being busy we're busy being busy and and, and it's like well, i've got to do yeah. this and i've got to do that and i've got to do that and that needs to go here and then we're doing this and we're doing that and we can and we we fill our lives with busyness um yeah. because that's what we believe we need to be or need to do and um i've had to slow down because physically and mentally i, mm. I can't do it and um there is a beauty in the slowness that i never knew existed Mm. Uh, recently it's like i write a bit of a journal and there is a beauty in the slowness of a pen on a paper yes who on earth does that anymore we're too busy tapping on our devices that that, that actually we the 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 act of writing is oh, is, yes. is kind of like we're so mm -hmm. busy busy so slowing down is a real challenge um and it's a real challenge for people for, for people to slow down for me to slow down Yet now I've slowed down. I I realise that actually my my pace of pace, my internal pace, probably mm. is of a much slower pace. And actually, I can. Uh, what's the saying? Stop and smell the roses. Yeah. And and actually, I can stop and smell the roses, and I can sit with the roses and smell them without feeling guilty. Um, and that's that. I think is the pace of life. Yeah, we've we've lost it. But we can have it. I think we, we can, can have, have it. it. I, think it's, I think what we what we look at, what what one looks at, or what I can look at, as you and still I still do, is is I can focus on what I've lost as opposed to what I gain, and I think that's really it's like this negative patterning. We we look mm. at what we're losing as opposed to what we can gain. I think that's also really interesting. We focus on oh I'm not I can't have that. Oh, I've lost this or this that, and we don't sit and think yeah, but what do I gain? Mm. I mean, I think it's interesting, if I may, I don't know if we want some longevity on these programmes, but the, 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 obviously we're just coming out, I don't know if we're coming out, we're in a COVID pandemic and obviously there's been a lot of us shut down for three, four, five months, not going outside and, and all that. And it was a time where, not for everybody, because a lot of people have still had to work and work harder, but there's certainly a lot of people who, from being busy every day and going to work and being busy, stopped. And I think there was an opportunity. There's an opportunity then to to um, see how it is not to be busy. And I think a lot of people don't want to be busy anymore. Lots of patterns of behaviour um, are changed. There was a real opportunity then and uh, even now to change, to look at your habits, to look at how, what do we habitually do through route or routine um, that suddenly overnight got changed. Uh, and what do we miss? What don't we miss? what do we rely on what don't we rely on and I think there's been a real opportunity to to look at that and then actually well what what habits do I want to put back in do I do, what habits don't I want to put back in what habits have I got so I think majority of people in the first lockdown were having to, wanting to go out for a walk every day uh, and you used to see so many people out walking but the moment that the lockdown's lifted you don't see them again so what habits, what do we do on a habitual basis? How do we live our lives? How do we, and with habit, are we choosing or are we not choosing? Yes. And what do we want? Mm. And that's the, that's the question though, isn't it? What mm. do I want? What do you want? And what do I need? Yeah. 
that's two different things hmm. what do I want and what do I need again mm. two different things mm. completely different like night and day completely yeah we need a roof over thing. our head we need mm. food yeah and we need to sleep yeah the basic needs I think once the basic needs are met the rest is extra and we need love yes connection yes relationship we want to we need to be in relationship yeah that's not necessarily a relationship, but we need to we need to connect with people. There's an interesting study. This this interests me. Um, but um, uh, and I can't think where it's come from to give the correct credentials. But the uh, so looking at pain or connection. So when we talk to somebody, mm-hmm. uh, so they stuck somebody in an MRI scanner, and they looked at what parts of the brain lit up. I think it's to do with like your pleasure hormones and and how you self regulate mm-hmm. yourself from a from a chemical level in your brain because effectively the brain controls a lot of things. And it's to do with hormones and chemicals and synapses. Mm. So we all know like endorphins and serotonin. So you've got your happy hormones effectively. Um, so they looked at they put somebody in uh, MRI and they had somebody chatting with them and they looked at what lit up in the brain and all these oh, areas lit okay. up in the brain that kind of that enabled the person to self-regulate to take care of themselves all of us and then they um took the person out of the room and they gave them a phone so they could speak to them on the phone a bit like you and I are doing now and again because mm. this is I can hear your voice I can hear the tone I can hear the pauses we're connected again on the MRI scan the parts of the brain that that lit up that was again happiness support all the good stuff that we need mm. lit up they then uh, gave this person, a, I'm going to say, a phone and said, right, text somebody or message some of them. Mm. The brain doesn't light up. Oh. So, and, and and I might have to check, we might have to check this for factual accuracy, but um, I'm pretty sure because it really struck me as in like, whoa, that is really important because the majority of the teenagers and youngsters these days are brought up on devices and they spend the whole time communicating via device, by text or messaging or however mm. it is. Mm. They don't have a conversation. They don't They don't know how to converse, really. And they certainly don't do the face-to-face stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, but I prefer to go and see my friends and sit and, 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 and go out with them and, and physically Definitely. be in their company. Definitely. A phone call, this conversation is great. But mm. other than that, texting them, emailing them, no. And, and now, and then you think, because it's not a connection. Whereas, um, and the, so this is a science. So the science is starting to come through as to why certain things are really important. I think that's really super duper important. I think it's it might be an American lady who who done it. And then it's you then look at and the amount of suicides and youngsters, so teenagers and youngsters who've got depression and suicidal is horrific. And it's, I know it came out in the states was bad, but I think if you look at the stats, certainly for this past year and a half, it's it's risen. Um, and then you think, well, how do they communicate? They spend the whole time on these on devices. Yeah. So the brain just doesn't get the chemical stimulation, the chemicals released because it can't by connection. Yet you talk to them, you talk to teenagers, and it's like, yeah, I'm connecting, I'm connecting. But you're not. You're not connecting at all. Yeah. You, you think you are, but you're not. It's like a false, it's a false, there's a false falsity to it. So, um yeah, I find that really interesting. And I find that kind of stuff really um, quite worrying for the youngsters because they don't know any different, do they? They're a whole generation now that, 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 that have literally been given it from the moment they could hold a tablet 
or advice. It's not just the youngsters, is it, Karen? It's also adults. I mean, I remember when I was young, um, me and my friend, especially, we used to write letters to each other. We'd be with in school all day. And then in the evening, we would write a letter and give it to each other in the morning because yeah. we would be explaining what was happening that night. And we always used to take paper from the school and our English teacher used to say, what are you doing with all that paper? And we'd just take, we'd just take a whole pack of A4. And she said, but you don't need all that paper. And I said, we do. She said, for what? I said, we write each other letters. And she would just roll her eyes and just say, bless her, really. Just take it. Just, I'm not going to say anything. Just take it. And it's that personal thing of what you were saying about who writes. But there's this beauty in writing, you know, receiving a letter. I would love to receive a letter or to write a letter to somebody. That What a beautiful art form. Yeah, and I and I said, oh, and I remember if I learn something, I have to write it down. It's yeah, me too. My brain works. So I have to write it down. I don't know whether yeah. it's the fact that we're thinking about and writing it re reroutes it in the in the brain in a different way. Mm. But I've got a visual memory, so yeah, if I've written it down. I can picture what I've written. So it's like, please don't tell me stuff because unless I've got a picture with it, I can't mm. recall it. I find yeah. it really difficult to recall without an image. So writing for me works really well but having said that I think technology is amazing so we can now connect with people so all the different ways that we can connect with video link and all that now I think that's great so I think there is technology has a place without shadow of a doubt I just think we've maybe lost um connection with with the natural world should I say it? we've got caught up in technology and we've lost the connection with the natural world I wouldn't mind Karen if tomorrow it reverted back to my childhood where there wasn't really any technology. I mean, I'm saying it like I'm 2,000 years old now, but I feel like it's sometimes I have to tell you. But um, yes, there are good things for technology, absolutely. And it's important, I think, that we are the masters of it as opposed to technology being the masters of us. And I think that's where the balance has sort of, you know, gone wrong somewhere I'd agree, I'd agree with you on that yeah yes we have to use it whereas at the moment it's using us yeah yeah and that's why talking to you and to like-minded people it is a huge connection of something that's otherworldly in a way that goes beyond because we are all beings that can communicate to each other on so many different levels and if we were to concentrate on that more, we wouldn't really need that technology. We would be entering the sphere of so many multidimensional things that we are capable of, but we are yet to discover. Yeah. Yes, it's caught us, isn't it? Technology has, uh, has caught us. Uh, yeah. Yeah in a way I mean I know a lot of people sort of I mean the games are great I mean I don't play a lot of games so I I, I don't do I've never games. played a game in my life I struck yes I've, I've played a couple and I get caught I have to say I've, I have taken a couple of them off my phone because they are the biggest time wasters in the world I mean you can like yeah. you start with one and half an hour later you, you're still playing it it's like I've I've, I've gained nothing I've learned nothing I've done nothing 
apart from play a game. They they are super duper time wasters. They're babysitters, aren't they? Really, in a way. But I just think, what am I? What could I be doing differently? What could I be doing that actually enhances my life? And maybe, maybe for some people, it it, it does. Um, and each to their own. Um, for me, mm-hmm. for me, no. I but I think a lot of it now is that you. Where's the creativity? Where where is the when you and I are growing up, sort of back in time, is that you had to wait for stuff. It's kind of you saved, you waited. Um, whereas now everything is instantaneous. Um, you can click a button and something arrives. It's. I think we've 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 lost the ability of patience and uh, of tending to something, of growing something, of gratification. It. Yeah, immediately, and then. It, and it's it's short-lived isn't it so then you you keep clicking into another one which then puts you into your addictiveness of stuff um and then it's an external so you're getting your gratification externally and then and therein lies the challenges or the problems is that if you're looking outside of you then you're always looking outside of you you need to find it on the inside so I think technology true. takes you out, doesn't it? If you think it takes you out through your head and through your eyes. So technology is great. But if you're spending all the time on it, you are constantly in your head. And that means you're not connected to you're necessarily your heart or your stomach. The other two brains that we have is the stomach mm. and the heart. So intuition and all that, that kind of we we um, ignore. And, and eyes are at the front of us. So it means we're always looking forward. We're always out there. So we're stimulated. The stimulation's out there, isn't it? It's not an inside experience. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a on a screen experience. But you know, no one is forcing us. This is the thing. You know, no one is forcing us to be slaves of technology. It is our choice, and it's our choice how much of it we let into our lives. Yeah. Where you know people say, "Well, you know, you can't do this, and you can't." Well, it's your choice. Again, back to that, it's free will. And people forget that they have free will. Mm. It's time to exercise that free will. Well, it's like when you go on retreats. I know I went to, um, mm. uh, when I went out to Peru, I ended up doing a, going on a retreat. And we, end, we ended up going out to Lake Titicaca, in, um, Lake Titicaca, an island or Lake Titicaca. And I think we did a five-day silent retreat out there. And everyone's mm. like, oh, my God, five days. And we're on an island, so technology doesn't work. So it was, it was great. Not talking to anybody, not having to worry about my phone. My phone doesn't beep anyhow because I have all the notifications off. Just wonderful. It's like, I'm here. I'm going to – someone was leading it, so I didn't even have to think. I'm just going to go where I'm told, and my my, my meals are arrived, and everything was coordinated in a way. And then it's like, okay, and now we're going to walk up to this mountain. And this is the uh, the male mountain and the female mountain. So the afternoon we we trekked up there and meditated and walked back. And you just do it in your own time, in your own space, in your own thoughts. Gorgeous, absolutely oh. gorgeous. Yeah, we're going to have to do it. We, me, and you should do a re- retreat together. Oh, sounds fab, but we'd want to talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. We'd have to we'd have to have like, okay, we'll go beforehand, then then do the side of retreat, and then and then have to have like a chunk of time afterwards where we then talk about all of our different experiences that yeah. we could write, yeah. we could write letters to each other. But well, still communicating. So, oh, so yeah, talking yeah. is like like you don't even you don't even like acknowledge anybody. It was yes. like you didn't even have to acknowledge anyone. It was it was <laughs> oh lovely what that some people you just say what you don't have your phone like no what what you can't you can't like no that's like no why why would I 
why would I want it? But uh, Beth, have you ever been to the desert of any type apart from this? Apart from Death Valley, have you ever been anywhere else in the world? Not desert, no. Mm. That's one of my favourite places, and there you can't. Well, I could never get a signal there for anything, and it was like I'm going into the desert, so don't worry, I'll be gone for a few days. Yeah. And it's at that point in that you know the music of silence where everything, every single feeling, every single experience is heightened because everything else is silent. And I think that's what I love about the desert. It's this stillness and the ability to, as you said, no distractions. And also there's a permission in there, isn't there? I was just thinking, listening to that, and actually actually, when we haven't got a signal, mm. like I've, I've done a, a couple of cruises, I've been lucky enough to do a couple of cruises, and, and when you're mm-hmm. out in the middle of the North, North Sea, where it is, there yeah. is no signal. And it's lovely. I mean, not that I'm, I'm partic- not that I'm particularly, I'm not particularly attached to my technology. I never have been, but mm. I certainly know that other people go there, and it's for some, it's anxiety-producing. Oh my god, I, I don't mm. have, I can't do it. It's anxiety. Whereas others, like, oh thank God, I can't be contacted because yeah. Yeah. I can't. And there is because they are as an individual unable to say no mm. and put their boundaries it's about boundaries isn't it i think it comes down mm. to then borders and boundaries which is which then is that is an interesting subject in itself so then if we're not able to say no to things or yes to things and authentic yeses and nos yeah it's very convenient when technology oh i i can't get hold of you because i'm here so i think the desert or anywhere like that it just mm. it, it relaxes you on another level because actually that choice has been taken away we might make that i'd certainly make that choice as in i don't Mm. want to talk to anybody but the fact that i can't Mm. is lovely because actually i I can't it's not me saying it's not me saying a yes or a no yeah it's like i'm not gonna say yes or no i can slide by that yes or no and and like well technology means i can't do it as opposed to be saying do you know what i'm on holiday and i'm not contactable don't contact me don't send me emails turn off all my notifications and then um then you have to uh then you're not necessarily in control comes up word for me but then you're not kept in the loop aren't you and you're missing out so then people feel that they're missing out or missing something aren't they it's true did you ever read a book um i can't remember who the author was but it was about it was quite a sad book actually but um very very interesting uh mutant message down under did you ever read that book and it was about the aborigines Uh, yeah fascinating if you can get the book and it's sad really the story of how their lives were shattered and how their land was taken and you know it it's very tragic but in it the lady that was with them and went on this sort of spiritual uh, journey with them and it is how they had this sense of freedom that they weren't controlled by anything it was the elements so if the birds flew in a certain direction they knew not to go into that direction or if the wind blew this way they knew how to, you know, with their herds and everything. And if someone became ill, it was because of this particular reason that something within the moon had happened or, you know, the phases of the moon. And 
sort of a nomad lifestyle, but totally living with the elements and respecting them and being taught by them. So in a way, letting go, surrendering to what the universe around them was bringing to them. And I think that's a wonderful way to live. Uh, yeah, it's not 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 e- not necessarily easy, but I certainly no. think you are um, connected. I mean, I'm lucky. I've got a garden, so I grow my veg, and we grew up as kids. My dad grew all the vegetables, so um, That's we have nice. in the garden. So I know what's what's in season. You you watch you watch like this season's yeah. not been great. It, it, every season's different, and you are reliant on the weather. Uh, and we're lucky here; we can water, but if it's this this year is particularly wet it was particularly cold it didn't the nights didn't warm up at all so stuff took ages to generate and we've had a lot of rain so mm. you look everywhere and everything's really lush but the weeds are a nightmare this year so you get you when you're when you're out there every day and you're you're with it and you're tending your crops you're mm. tending your mm. your herd you are at the mercy of the elements but they're but then you're 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 in it aren't you um and i think you're certainly more alive i would say you feel more alive when you're out there i love nothing more than going for a walk and being in nature and alive doesn't matter what the, the elements are doing you just wear uh, lucky enough to wear appropriate clothing yes but i yeah. i think a lot of people don't they don't know now you can you can buy anything when you want and, and no one mm-hmm. knows what the seasons are and and what should be in season and what actually you can grow in the uk what should you be eating uh, living mm-hmm. in this country and how are things made and how are things grown we've lost I think we've lost a lot of contact with with that now, and I don't think that's necessarily um, good for the soul. No, not at all. I mean, you know, I had that garden story with my fountain. Oh, um, and even that, something simple as where should I put the fountain is respecting nature and knowing Mm. that we are not the only people on this planet, in this world. There are other beings and other life forces that coexist, plants, animals, and all the unseen. And that in order, I think, for our life to be harmonious, we have to respect those around us. And whether that be, you know, the planting of certain vegetables at certain times and knowing the season for everything, because there's a season even for us within our body. Oh, God, yeah. 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 So I think getting back to nature really... I feel is the answer, especially for for myself, when I'm in nature amongst the trees and all of the beautiful, the flowers, whatever it may be, and the birds is something that I feel rejuvenated again. Yeah, I think something inside just goes, oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think anybody who goes out, whether it's the seaside or out into the parks or whatever, once you've been out and you come back, you feel different. You, you yes. feel different. And I suppose what does different mean? That's when you would look at this interoception stuff. You would then sit and go like, well, what am I aware before I go out? And what am I wearing? What yes. am I wearing myself when mm-hmm. I come back? And then you start to get a, um, a map of your internal world as mm. opposed to the external world. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my goodness, Karen, I could talk to you forever, really, as you know. Absolutely amazing. This conversation has been fantastic, I have to say. 
Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, I have to say. And I, you're right, I think we could just keep going on and, and, and throw some interesting questions in and, and carry on. So You'll have yes. to come again. You will come again, won't you? Yeah. And we can talk about yes. something, so many different things that yeah, we maybe, could talk maybe, about. Maybe, maybe some heads up on some of the questions next, yeah. <laughs> next time. It's just like, oh, that's, that's a, they're the good ones. They're the ones that you, we can kind of, even I can, uh, even I sounded rather pompous we all get stuck or I get stuck mm. in our patterns yes. and I know I know what I know and I have my mm. thoughts about it and uh, from hopefully from a reasonable amount of reading and understanding and I, it's always good to be challenged it's always good for someone to question or put a, a different slant on things so that we can truly look at the whole the whole um, as opposed to our little viewpoint and I do always think when I get when we stop and think and it's like oh hadn't thought about that that's a good question didn't consider mm. it that way then mm. th- th- those pauses are really good I think sometimes we we again we're so busy we forget that we, we don't notice the pauses yeah and they hold a lot of answers those pauses I have to say mm. they have a lot of answers thank you so much Karen for coming on today and no, thank you Mimi you know it as I said to you, um, an absolutely fascinating being you are. And um, I know you're going to say, well, yes. And I will then think, oh, okay. You know, you know that moment we had a, 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 a while ago and we were talking about the phoenix and the caterpillar and yes. your response to that. Yes. It was like, you know, when you're children and... Um, Someone, someone, you know, your friend says to you, well, you have a really nice dress and it's so lovely and I love it. I love it. I love it. And then the other person gets all shy. Okay, so <laughs> we talk about the dinner. What should we talk about? And I, it was one of those moments. So I did sort of smile inside, I have to say. Um, but I really do feel that. And thank you for sharing your beautiful light with us. It really, it, I'm sure the listeners are going to find it absolutely amazing. Thank you. It's yeah, and and I do think if anybody, if it is of use for anybody, and and if we hear, if there's a, just a little something that you hear, because that's how we've learned. I imagine you've learned the same. The same thing is, mm. you hear something or you read something, and it resonates inside yes. you. And it's as if exactly that's it. That's exactly how I'm feeling, or either that's exactly how I'm feeling. I could. I couldn't have put it better myself or like oh I hadn't thought about that that's a a lovely a lovely question to have mm. thought about that I'm going to go away think about it and it it causes a light bulb moment the light bulb moments are the amazing ones so if if our conversation has given somebody a light bulb moment or or made them think about something or whatever then that's that's great and I've just we've just had a, I've just had a lovely time talking so yeah yeah we just needed lovely. a cup of tea and something um, yeah. At the same time, that that would be rather lovely. Tea, tea and cake <laughs> next time, I think. Yes, tea and cake. I think that's called for. And I always ask my guests this, Karen, at the end is... Oh, God. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. It's uh, not so frightful at all. Um, is a couple of lines, really. Just something that's helped you along the way in life to be able to stay optimistic, hopeful, and courageous, I suppose, something that you could 
you know, share your thoughts, you know, in a couple of sentences that would inspire people? The words that, the, so what's coming up mm-hmm. for me would be, um, be yourself. Just be yourself. And that, that's not, that's not necessarily what you've asked for. Um, no, that's your um, answer. And that for me is enough. But, but my, but my answer would be, would, would be, be, be yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, if you can be and that might not be that might not be easy but i would i would definitely say if you can be yourself be yourself and if you can't um be kind to yourself um for all the i'm talking to myself here really interesting be kind to yourself um for all the different um, strategies and tactics you put in place to keep yourself safe to enable you to be here today. I like that. That's very good advice, actually, I have to say. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm exceptionally critical of myself so and give myself a reasonable hard time. So, I, And I think most of us... I think we do us, all do. A lot of us do that. So mm. I, I think, actually, I, I know it's been kind, I like, like, like this be kind thing, but actually when you do your if you do the work or whatever you embark on whatever journey whatever journey you embark on or however you choose to your live your life whether it is you want to explore different stuff with therapies or whatever there is a tendency that would lot say it's like i've done it wrong or i shouldn't have had to do this or all these strategies and techniques are, are just wrong or bad or this, this and blah blah and um it's come out of the constellation stuff which is one of the reasons i love this it's it's um we've we've done this out of pure love to protect ourselves to enable ourselves to be here today so the first thing we need to do is to thank ourselves for what we've done thank ourselves for the strategies and the tactics and everything we put in place that enabled us to be here today be thankful be grateful for them and then leave them where they belong Yes, give, them their place, give them their place and leave them where they belong but there's such a thing a lot of things that well this is wrong we shouldn't be doing that it's like no 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 give you be give yourself a hug be kind to yourself you've mm-hmm. done that because you needed to do it be kind to yourself first and then when you put it down you put it down with kindness as to exactly what you had to do to be here today that's rather beautiful actually you know, in the olden days when people, I don't think they do it so much now. I know sometimes they do. When someone kisses someone's hand out of respect, it feels like one of those moments where, <laughs> you know, a total respect for another soul and total respect for our own soul. I think that's quite a beautiful moment. Mm. Yeah, I think One it's really second. important. I don't. I don't think we do enough. I don't think we do enough mm-hmm. of it. So that's something that I've learned. Is 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 for me. Is is I the, all my stuff that I've got for here. So when my when I look out now at other people and they go through their stuff, mm-hmm. it's the first thing is we we all oh, I should do this negative negative. So no no whoa 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 just just no stop just 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 stop. Yes, yeah, it's true. It's true. Very true. Come again. 
It's been an absolute delight and pleasure to have you here. And I can't wait to speak to you again, really. It's so fascinating and you are so full of wisdom, Karen, really, truly. And I am sure, like I said, that people out there, I can't wait to hear the comments because, you know, I am certain that you're going to be a big hit with them. Oh, thank you. Definitely. That might be my new journey then. Who knows? Who knows? Who yeah. knows? With your new computer as well. With my new computer. I know. Who knows? <laughs> Thank you again, Karen. And I wish you a beautiful day, whatever you're doing for the rest of the day. Lovely. Thanks, Mimi. And same to I, you. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Karen Robinson. A delight, really, to hear such wisdom and deep conversation that is really needed at times for us to find our way again. Thank you so much for joining me once again and I wish you a beautiful day wherever you are. Until next time, take care and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life. Brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.co.uk.